Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Business Samurai Podcast, the podcast about business and pop culture and the intersection between the two and is also the companion podcast to the Business Samurai webcomic, which you should definitely read. I'll talk more about that towards the end of the episode. Uh, my name is Ramon Cuenca, CFA. I'm the creator of Business Samurai, uh, and I am still in transit. Um, oh, excuse me. No, I am not in transit. I am just jet lagged, and that's why I'm thinking I'm in transit. Uh, I'm currently in the, the U.S., uh, in New York, and uh, like I said earlier, this uh, this episode was going to be delayed um, Excuse me, what, like I said last episode, this episode is going to be delayed uh, from Tuesday to Thursday because uh, I was traveling. And yeah, I've been quite busy. Um, so I'm basically here in New York uh, uh, see some family and also to uh, get things moving with Business Samurai in terms of uh, fundraising. Um, it's going to be a long process, but and I've started, I've kicked it off, so... Uh, any good news that happens, I'll let I'll let you you guys and girls know. Um, so yeah, um, let's see. Yeah, I also got vaccinated too. That's a great thing. Uh, go USA! <laughs> uh, quick vaccine rollout in the U.S. And um, I mean, I don't like talking about COVID too much in this podcast, just because it's it's you know it's I think it's a very depressing thing to talk about, and I know a lot of people are sensitive to it, but. I will say this. Um, uh, this I mean, the whole, this whole this whole pandemic has going to has got to show how effective uh, countries are in in managing and how effective their governments work. And I'm not, I'm not talking about their politicians, but like for but how like the institutions, how professional and how like effective and uh, efficient they are um, in terms of in terms of the government bureaucracy and just getting things done. So the U.S. is obviously I mean Israel is obviously number is number one. Uh, in terms of recovering from the pandemic, but but for the U.S., I mean, I mean, regardless of, of what side of the political spectrum you're on or wh- where you land on that spectrum, um, at least things are are getting done, which is more than I can say for like, you know, the Philippines, <laughs> um, and even even more advanced economies like you know the EU is having you know it's the the role that's been hobbled by by over bureaucracy and stuff like that. So I hope. Uh, you know, if anything that we we global citizens should take away from this pandemic is a uh, how effective our government institutions and uh you know just getting things done and you have to, we have to worry about things like you know obviously corruption in, in like in countries like the Philippines for example, but also like over bureaucratization. So yeah, I mean, you know, I'm really hoping things uh, work out for everyone. So just uh, all around the world. So uh, you know, just hold tight. Um, but yeah. Uh, Anyways, back back to um, today's episode. So, um, I I know I've been doing a bunch of NFT episodes, and I you know since I've been busy with fundraising, I've I've kept this uh, podcast to just once a week instead of twice a week. But uh, I I just don't have much to talk about. I mean, I haven't had time to really like read up on what's going on with NFTs. Um, which again, like I've been doing every Tuesday and uh, and regular. Uh, uh, business pop culture uh, podcast episodes every Thursday uh, but anyway I don't know I haven't really been able to really uh, I've just been so busy it's been a whirlwind the past few days uh, I haven't been able to really follow what's going on with NFTs except that uh, um, Gary Vaynerchuk is launching his launching NFTs of his drawings and you know I mean, you might think it's silly 
But I guess when you're famous, you can, you can do things like that and people will buy it because you're famous, right? That's part of your brand. Uh, I mean, you have things like, I mean, like William Shatner, like the Captain Kirk at Star Trek, like he did NFTs of like some of his own memorabilia. And of course, you have the YouTubers, like influencers like Logan Paul, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, they're just all doing stuff with NFTs and I'm not surprised at all. And I, I know when I know in the previous podcast, I had talked about how, uh, you know, Gary V was always just kind of alluding to him and he was saying, oh, I like, I was like doodling. Like, well, don't we all, right? <laughs> He was kind of alluding that, that he was going to do something like this, so it's not a surprise. Uh, um, I also chanced upon a video on CNBC on, on YouTube, and like uh, there was one, one of the anchors was talking about how uh, how they're criti- listing some of the few criticism against like you know uh, Bitcoin and the blockchain and you know Ethereum etc. and crypto in general, um, and. And she mentioned um, anti-network effects, which uh, I was curious about because I'd never heard that criticism before against crypto. And I looked it up and apparently there was someone, I forgot who, I can't remember off the top of my head, but he was talking about how like higher gas prices actually crowds out potential investors into uh, into uh, crypto. So yeah, I mean, that's what I was talking about when I was trying to sell an NFT like a few episodes ago, right? I mean, like it, it's fucking highway robbery. Like, like... <laughs> Someone just getting rich off like like just getting rich off the transaction, which is smart, but it's unregulated. Like you know, it's 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 like the blind leading the blind. You know, like uh, it's turning it's it's like a, it's, it's turning into this this club where only a few people who are just willing to shell, shell out all this cash just for transaction fees at the at the chance of speculating uh, on NFTs, Bitcoin, whatever, or Ethereum, whatever. Uh, so. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so that's that's my little rant about NFTs for this week, and I not I'm not dedicating a whole episode this time around. Um, but you know what? Maybe we'll next week. Um, you know, Bill Maher, like I, I think he's on point with a lot of things, but I maybe I'll just do one reacting to his his uh, monologue on on a crypto. But yeah, I'll say that I'll say that for next week if it ever does materialize. But okay. Anyways, on to a traditional uh, business and pop culture episode. Um, so I wanted to talk today about. Uh, something that doesn't get discussed uh, enough uh, in Western media, uh, and it's about uh, samurai, which of which this podcast is sort of named after. Uh, so, um, samurai as economic reformers, which is, if you don't know, is a very which I, I find very fascinating in history, um, and I'll get to that in a second. But but the ba- the background, the context to this episode is that uh, I, I took a. Um, um, an A and A, all Nippon Airways flight from Manila to New York. Um, on the way here, so I, it, it's a Japanese airline. So this is a, this was on um, Sunday, and uh, and I so it's a Japanese flight, and I watched a whole bunch of Japanese movies, including one just about you know centered around uh, yakiniko, which is a uh, Japanese grilled beef. It's like a drama centered just around all the kinds of ways you can grill beef, which is amazing, right? I mean. You know, they have a lot of that kind of stuff in Japan, like food content. Like, I mean, there's one on Netflix called Samurai Gourmet, which is really good. I, I enjoyed it. It's just about, you know, life and, you know, just slice of life or, or family drama or, you know, things like that. But, but around food, right, which is great because you, you, get, you get to look at all this or watch all this food porn while consuming the story. Right. So that's what I watched. But a second film that really piqued my interest was called uh, Godai Wonderkind 
which is kind of a weird title. I mean, it just sounds like they didn't have a good, really good English translator. And these these films are obviously not really marketed outside of Japan. Unfortunately, because you know some of them are quite good, and the perspective is always unique and interesting. And、uh, I found out later on that the actual Japanese title is called a Tenga Ramon. I don't know what that means. Sounds like my name, Ramon, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, look it up on on the internet, Google it. So, anyways, this movie Godai Wonderkin, also known as Tenga Ramon, is about a A samurai named、uh, Godai to- Tomoatsu, who was instrumental in Japan's societal and economic transformation. So I've talked about、uh, the East Asian model several times in this podcast,、uh, the East Asian model of, of economic development, which 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 Western academia is they kind of treat as being superfluous, which I think is wrong because we we non East Asianers have a lot to learn have a lot to learn from from this model. Because literally, like people got prosperous in one generation.、Um, anyways, so、uh, a little background. So this happened during around like the whole Meiji Restoration. If you, I'm sure I've talked about this podcast. If you want to know more about that kind of stuff, I did, I did a whole YouTube video years ago called "Understanding the Japanese Economy."、Uh, you, can, you can look it up at the at the, at the Business Samurai YouTube channel. Uh, but basically, the, in the mid eighteen、uh, hundreds, the Japan was forced to open by American gunboats, and、uh, the the Japanese who had been closed off from the, from the rest of the world for so long were, you know, you know, they realized they're far behind, and there was a whole like a,、uh, you know, there was a split basically in society bet- between keeping the way things the way the things things are or or modernizing. So. What happened was that a bunch of、uh, samurai from two domains, not、uh, far from from Edo or or Tokyo, so from Satsuma and Chosu、uh, domains, these samurai、uh, were basically smuggled. I mean, to make a long story short, they were smuggled abroad. They learned all this stuff from the West, and they came back. I mean, they they left Japan literally with katanas and everything, and they came back dressing up in Western attire and you know business suits and everything. And they、um, basically there was a coup d'état and the the Meiji Emperor was put there as a figurehead, and they, and these samurai basically completely remodeled the entire country, completely destroyed or not destroyed, but but took down the old order and created a new one, and and、uh, this is you know it's called the Samurai Revolution or Revolution from the Top, and and this is such an important topic in world history because not all revolutions are from the bottom, and it's not always super violent with everyone dying. So you think about revolutions in like the French Revolution. Um, the Chinese Revolution or the Russian Revolution, like those, those, those two happening in the twentieth century.、Um, other so-called revolutions aren't really revolutions. I mean, the so-called American Revolution. See, revolution is like a, a, you know, the proper use of the term, in my opinion. And I learned this from a history teacher in a boarding school. Was that a, a, a rev- an actual revolution is a is a complete overthrow of an existing order. Right, so the so-called American Revolution is actually closer to a U.S. war for independence from Great Britain. You know, it was a conservative movement. Like they they wanted to keep things the way they were, rather than like what the crown, the British crown, was doing with you know taxation and things like that.、Um, you know, for for developing countries that you know decolonialize, like the Philippines, for example, the Philippine Revolution is, isn't really a revolution. I mean,、uh, you could say it was a war for regime change because not much really changed afterwards.、Uh, The, I mean the 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 structure, which is you know,、uh, I mean there was a colonial overlay over a pre-colonial social structure, which still persists, 
persisted after the independence from Spain in the U.S. and still persists today in the Philippines. That's just another, another example. So like an actual revolution means a complete overthrow of society or complete, complete, almost complete changing of what came before. So in France in the 1780s, that happened in the... And in Russia and China, uh, in Russia in the early 20th century, that happened. In uh, China in the mid 20th century, that happened. Uh, so, interestingly, those revolutions were radical revolutions, right? Uh, but so, but what happened in Japan in the, in the 18, late 1800s was these samurai basically forced a coup d'état and, and overthrew the the uh, the shogun, the Tokugawa shogunate, and put in the Meiji Emperor as their figurehead. Well, they basically got rid of the they got rid of the entire the class that they were from, you know what I mean? Like, like uh, they got rid they were samurai who got rid of the rest of the samurai class and, be, and made a, a society that's based on merit, right? Which, which now that I think about it, that kind of goes against a lot of what like, you know, maybe maybe left leading Western thought, which is about like. Uh, you know how like there's class struggle and stuff like that. You know, but there, you know, but the, you know, this case of the Japan maybe proves it wrong because like, you know, it, there is you know interclass. And again, I'm I'm not an expert in in like leftist like economics or social political economy, but but still like I mean this this at least on paper this sounds like a like a you know doesn't this kind of is an argument against that that whole like class versus class type thing. You know what I mean? Because this members of this samurai class, or the same samurai class, got rid of their own, with their own uh, um, people within their class, and I'll get to that in a second because there's a scene that specifically addresses that in this in this movie, uh, Godai. So, uh, uh, basically, uh, the actual so a little background on Godai Tomoatsu. He was again, he was a samurai that was smuggled as as some of the samurai were were smuggled abroad to study in the in the abroad in, in Europe in the U.S. He studied in England specifically, and he came back and became an entrepreneur. And he founded several joint stock companies uh, involved in international trade, and he also founded the Osaka Chamber of Commerce and the o Osaka Stock Exchange. So th this is just from Wikipedia. You you can, you can look it up. So obviously, all this stuff I, I'm interested in. So you got like samurai and like business, or business samurai, right? Obviously, I'm, I'm interested in this kind of stuff. Uh, so the movie itself. I'm not really sure how much it really follows uh, the actual um, uh, life of Godai Tomoatsu, but uh, I mean, I'm sure they embellished it because you always have to. I mean, there's no plot in real life, right? So if you're making a biopic, of course you're going to embellish it and make, you know, put in plot elements that weren't there in real life. It's to be expected. But yeah, the movie itself was, you know, it's pretty hallmarky. When I mean a hallmark, like if you're from the, like it's hallmark is like a U.S. channel. And it's very like you know, kind of feel good, very maybe even cliche or corny, but it's kind of like that. But it was entertaining for what it did. Um, uh, but it was enjoyable, um, and and the rhetoric was so interesting because they had a lot of things which, which resonate not just you know in Japan but also globally even. So uh, there were some interesting things that happened. So in one scene, um, there are these samurai who are speculating what kind of person this uh, Godai Tomomatsu was. And this is before he went uh, studied abroad, right? But he, they were asking, oh, is he a xenophobe or is he a globalist? So that's interesting too because like uh, in this day and age of like, especially like in the past, uh, you know, the past few years in, in, the, um, in a lot of the world, you had like these, you know, the rise of uh, the re rejection of the sort of global world order and, you know, more nationalism. So, I mean, all over the world, um, 
in the U.S. context, for example, you had you actually had on both sides of the political spectrum. You had on the right with Donald Trump, and on the left with Bernie Sanders. So the sort of this, uh, you know, at least economic xenophobia. Um, so you know, and then globalists become becomes like a a bad word, you know. And obviously, as I said before, I'm, I'm pretty much part of that whole globalist, you know, type thing. And I mean, that's, that's those are my beliefs. Uh, I think I I've always and I'm always talking about an increasing uh, interconnection, um, um, global economic in, and integration, and the key to that the key to, the key to that happening. Um, uh, harmoniously is uh, is all is citizens around the world being educated in uh, in economics, uh, which is not part of the, which is part of the problem because they're not right. So they can make informed decisions, and hopefully we can, you know, let's say in, in an ideal uh, situation, country and country B decide to specialize in different industries and they, they help each other. That's the kind of world that I would want to see as a global as a quote unquote globalist, right? So yeah, so like, and then you know uh, the. The, the other samurai replied to this, to this other samurai saying, uh, Godai is neither, he's just being pragmatic. You know, I, I feel like the, 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 the film was trying to go, was trying to please both, both, both uh, liberal and conservative Japanese audiences. But, I mean, if you, if you watch about the film, the, the, Godai is definitely like a globalist. And even if, you, even if you look it up on Wikipedia, like he, you know, he, he, prote he, he protected foreigners against like uh, the, um, anti-foreign uh, samurai, for example, if you look it up, if you look it up at Wikipedia. Uh, so, anyways, so that was interesting. So the whole xenophobic versus globalist debate, which is a theme in this movie, and also uh, they talk about gender, so men and women. So, like, there's a character named Haru. Uh, she's basically a prostitute. Like, she, and apparently, women were at least women female prostitutes were literate. But she was trying to learn, and you know, there's one scene where she was teaching her fellow prostitutes how to write. You know, she was writing her name in the sand, and you know, there's a uh, the you know the writer, the director is talking about how, like how why why can't women be allowed to, you know, move move up in the world, right? So another thing too is that like, you know, before, uh, before the sort of transformations in, in Japan, it was a very and, and again Japan, I mean, it's still you know not high. I mean, to be fair to any of the Japanese listeners, uh, I mean Japan or Japanese female listeners on this podcast. Uh, uh, Japan isn't exactly high on like gender like parity, but apparently it's worse before. Um, so there's one thing. Um, so then the then of course she kind of becomes a love interest for for Godai Tomoatsu, and he's very idealistic. He's, he's he he wants to create uh, a world where men and women are should be alike to they can pursue their dreams. So there's a lot of this. There's, a, there's another theme. Excuse me. That's another theme in this movie as well. Is that like you know. Uh, Gudai and his fellow samurai, they 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 look up, they they're sitting on a ship and they, they look out into the sea and they want to pursue their dreams. And said, you know, everyone everyone like men and women like should be, should be able to pursue their dreams, right? There's also a theme about merit. So, uh, um, one of it's funny because it follows a group of you know Gudai and his samurai friends, and uh, the, you know the other one of them dies unfortunately. I forgot his name. Uh, Ryoma. Ryoma was his name. He passed. He was killed by another samurai. Uh, but his other friend uh, Ryosuke um, starts moving up in the world too because he gets educated abroad as well. And you know they, they they say like, you know, you have to find what you do. It's it's your it's you you have to find what you have to do in this world and move up in it. And what's interesting is that their fourth friend, a, a samurai named Yotaro, like. 
he he never he's never able to study abroad. He he's he kind of falls behind the others, and he gets kind of angry and starts drinking. But but the, you know like um, and you know um, Godai was disappointed in him. But uh, uh, but Ryusuke is telling him, you know, oh, you know, it's you, you know, remember that remember that uh company, that trading company, you and uh, Ryoma were trying to start. Why don't you why don't you try again? It's your turn to shine. It's your turn to shine. You got to find your own way, and make your own path, right? So. And that, so it's like, even if he was privileged before, Yotaro was privileged as a samurai before, he, uh, he has to make his way in the world again because it becomes a society that's based on merit. And um, which leads me to another interesting scene where uh, after the Meiji, in the, in the narrative of the story, after the Meiji Restoration happens, uh, there's a scene where, you know, uh, Godai is walking around, like now he's dressed all Western. He's not dressed like a samurai anymore. He's not carrying a sword. Uh... But, uh, you know, this woman approaches him, this woman who later becomes his, his wife, but she approaches him and saying, like, uh, you know, my my sister-in-law or my brother-in-law's family, like, they're, they're, they're from a noble samurai family, but they're destitute now because of what all of your reforms, right? Why did they have to suffer? They, uh, they've served this country or, you know, they've served their lords. Why? Uh, you know, but, but, but Godai was telling her, this is the way that things are. Uh, it has to be fair for everybody. That's basically what he was saying. And even there's, there's another, there's another uh, scene actually where his own lord, the lord of Satsuma, uh, Godai's uh, samurai lord, like he's like, you know, I'm nothing anymore because in the beginning you see he's very powerful. He's sitting in his little little throne in his with his clan. But then he's like, then he, there's a, there's a later scene where he's kind of reduced to sitting at a desk and he's just like, no one really cares about him. Like you know, he said, I've lost my power, but and I have to make my my way in this new world. So. It's interesting because, like, this movie, like, the first half is very, it was, you know, which uh, kind of reflects Japan's transformation as well. Like, the first half of the series is very feudal or samurai. They're all walking around with swords. And the next, they're all wearing suits and everything. And it's very, in just one generation, and, like, 50% of the movie is, like, you know, swords. And the other 50% is, like, business suits, you know? So it's very interesting. And, like, this is a true revolution because, I mean, literally, like, it became more of a society based on merit. And the samurai class was dissolved by uh, by other samurai, and also uh, and also uh, even their lords were dissolved. You know, it's an amazing thing that happened—a true re- revolution from the top, as it were. So yeah, uh, but you know, again, the, the movie talks about uh, about how um, uh, Godai Tomoatsu, uh, Godai Tomoatsu laid the foundation for industrial Japan. He organized all the Osaka merchants, right? Osaka's a you know it's a it's a very commercial. It's it's a, it's, it's like the top commercial city in in Japan outside of Tokyo. So yeah, and there, there is a, a quote that that the story the movie ended with, which is I, I'm not sure if he actually said this. Godai actually said this, but according to the movie, he said, "It's not money or fame or status that matters, but purpose." So purpose and finding your way in the world. That's a uh, that I found that very interesting. So you know, it really struck a chord with me personally because I I personally share a lot of those values, and it's interesting. Again, again, the intersection of pop culture and uh, money literacy, and this goes into the, uh, and then to bring it to bring it to excuse me to bring it back to business samurai's um, brand uh, purpose is uh, I mean it, it, I mean it's a brand it's a business but it's also like we we I have a mission to uh, really pr- promote a global money literacy. Uh, in my case, through um, through pop culture, so you you know you have this podcast and you have my uh, 
my webcomic and my art and uh, hopefully later on or further things down the line. Um, anyways, yeah. So if you like my, 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 my IP, if you like my art and the webcomic, would you, oh yeah, please read it by the way. Um, um, but if you like all that and, uh, you know, and you, and you like what I'm doing and maybe, you know, if I, if I do release NFTs, maybe be, there would be an opportunity for you to buy, uh, please follow, um, uh, you know, listen, uh, excuse me, uh, listen to, uh, uh, subscribe to this podcast, uh, you can support me on Patreon. There's a whole links. Uh, excuse me. In the description, there are links to the, all my social media and my website. Um, please share this podcast, and especially uh, the most important thing is uh, the web comic. So, uh, please share the web comic. Links are are in the description, and uh, and please do read the web comic too. The Business Summer web comic. Uh, um, it's gaining a lot of traction now, uh, and, and everyone who's watching and uh, reading it, uh, thank you for your support. Uh, so yeah, please read it, and if you like it, please do consider uh, subscribing directly on the, the on the platform. So either uh, Webtoon or Tapas, uh, the, those two comic platforms, uh, because it really looks good when when a, when there when the um, subscriber numbers directly on the platform go up. So, yeah, uh, yeah. So Business Samurai, it's, uh, the web comic, it's an entertainment IP. Uh, that promotes money, money literacy with a uh, Asian flair. And if you're reading the current story arc, uh, obviously I'm, I'm currently doing shorter episodes now because I'm traveling and uh, working on fundraising. But yeah, uh, you could see uh, if you're watching on YouTube here is Sid, um, you know, bragging about he he knows so much about the Japanese consumer, even though like none of them, uh, none of him or his three other compatriots are Japanese, and they're trying to sell coffee uh, to uh, to uh, people in Tokyo. Uh, but his research by reading f forums and watching porn, Japanese porn apparently gives him insight into the, J the Japanese consumer. Anyways, you'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, so yeah, uh, new episodes every week. Uh, and I apologize um, for the webcomic episodes being a bit shorter. But again, I'm uh, traveling and uh, starting, the, the, starting the process of fundraising. Uh, so yeah, um, the next episode will come out this Friday because I've been traveling. And then in the following episode, we'll go back to our regular Wednesday schedule for the webcomic. And a Tuesday schedule for this podcast, uh, I'll probably go back to talking about NFTs again. In the meantime, uh, the, third, the, the, the Thursday podcast, um, uh, except for this, this Thursday, um, but going forward, the Thursday podcast is on hold for the moment, just again, because I'm busy traveling and uh, uh, fundraising. So... Uh, yeah, uh, please, again, I just, I just talked five minutes to ten minutes nonstop about how you can support. So please support. Uh, thank you, and I'll see you all uh, next Tuesday for the podcast and next Wednesday for the new episode of the, of the Business Samurai webcomic. All right, uh, take care and stay safe.